You are listening to special pandemic coverage of the coronavirus on The John DePietro Show. J.K.L. Engineering. Folks, whether it's wintertime, spring, or summer, they'll keep you nice and comfortable in your home. Why not let J.K.L. Engineering let them design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system? Energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. No gas, no problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill as by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates in the market, and they also do new installation replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. Now, J.K.L., is a carrier factory authorized dealer. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Folks, let's face it. Being inside, being comfortable in your home, is there anything more important right now with what we're going through? Call J.K.L. Engineering. Central Air is a game changer for your life. Talk about improving quality of life. Here's what I'm saying. J.K.L., they'll keep you warm in the wintertime and cool in the summertime. 53 years of experience, their reputation, Second to none, whether you're in Rhode Island or Massachusetts, call J.K.L. Engineering today. Estimates are free. Financing is available for both residential and commercial. Call my friends at J.K.L. 401-351-7600. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available. Let's be nice and comfortable in your home. J.K.L. 401-351-7600. Folks, it's John DePietro. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go till 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Joining us right now, he's one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. It is uh, Rhode Island top attorney, Tim Dodd. And Tim, I want to start off with, um, boy, there's been a lot of talk about curfews. It was on full display last Friday night as uh, there was the big protest at the Rhode Island State House, 10,000 people. And then they were hoping to disperse the crowd before the, quote, 9 o'clock curfew. Uh, Some people did leave. Then suddenly there was no curfew. And then some of the individuals were literally walking around the streets of Providence, I'm told, till 1230 or one o'clock in the morning, being followed by the police. And Tim Dodd, I can see where there's some confusion of people saying, you know, isn't there is there a curfew or not? And right now there is a lawsuit where people are challenging the quote curfew. Curfews that come up are much like the. um powers of the governor in addressing a healthcare crisis. The governors have powers in most states to um, order or invoke a curfew um, on an emergency basis when there's public safety um, issues involved. So the governor in Rhode Island had a curfew, it was 9 p.m. It wasn't really honored all that effectively. The police didn't jump in and do anything about it in terms of arresting people for simply violating. There is a case that's developing in New York where a gentleman who's a resident of um, New York City has sued the mayor and the NYPD and the uh, police commissioner uh, regarding the curfew that um, was invoked for New York City about a week ago when a similar um, public safety concerns arose because of the enormous number of people coming in to protest um, uh, George Floyd's um, um, murder, essentially. Um, 
this individual has sued saying that uh, the curfew infringed upon his constitutional rights. It interfered with his rights of free expression and free assembly. He argued that because he worked a full-time job that he couldn't get home and then turn around and get out to do um, essential things like going to the pharmacy, going shopping, visiting ill relatives because he could break curfew. And more importantly, that because of the curfew and the time restrictions, that he was not effectively able to participate in um, demonstrating because he couldn't do it till after 9 p.m. So because he couldn't get out to voice his opinion and demonstrate till after 9 p.m., that he felt that the city was infringing on his rights of free speech and free assembly. Um, respect, with all respect to the gentleman, I don't think that case goes anywhere. Uh, it's not a long-standing curfew. It was a one- or two-day instance um, to um, control crowds and for issues of public safety. There had been previous looting. There had been previous B&Es, robberies, vandalism, etc. So I believe that the state, um, or, and in this case the mayor, the city, um, through its chief executive, had the appropriate authority and the right set of facts to invoke a curfew. So there may be lawsuits um, around the country um, uh, claiming a violation of constitutional rights, but John, frankly, I don't see those cases going anywhere. Um, it's a one-off situation. It's not an every night curfew indefinitely. That would clearly be unconstitutional, but that's not what we've got here. Tim, the Friday night situation in Rhode Island, well, then you even had the governor of Rhode Island, actually, as I think of it, violating the curfew. Um, we also had 10,000 people, according to police, at one point on that back lawn of the Rhode Island State House, where you and I did our, our segment last week. But, yes, Tim, could this potentially open the door? I'm just thinking, you know, I, I was there. People granted masks on, but they were even the governor sunk. The governor had no mask and was holding hands and was close to everybody. Did this potentially open the door? I mean, there are music festivals that were canceled. People's way they earn a living this you know summer. What's the difference between people sitting listening to music on a lawn or paying to do that for two hours, and you had literally thousands of people on the lawn of the state house for I'd say three to four hours all together. Now, granted, that was a protest, but could something like that be used as the example of why someone then chooses some kind of legal remedy for what happened in the way that everything had to be canceled? Well, there's, there's two, two elements to that, John. Um, the uh, demonstrations which occurred last week between the um, Providence police, the state police, and I believe some participation of the National Guard. Yes. With all of those um, um, sources of law enforcement involved, I think it's fair to say that the city had a fairly tenuous control of the situation. Luckily, nothing happened on the second night. On the first night, there was a lot of damage and destruction um, in really down city. But um, the difference is you can control a festival, you know it's coming, and if so, you can cancel it. When there's a relatively spontaneous demonstration, albeit planned, albeit advertised, albeit discussed um, ad nauseum in the media, um, that's a much more difficult, spontaneous crowd to control. 
you can control a festival happening or not happening. Um, if law enforcement had started attempting to arrest or exercise more control by use of force as to the 10,000 protesters, I think you would have had a real uh, calamitous situation. Um, and I think that uh, law enforcement was wise to not stand down, but hang back and let the uh, protest play out. I know at the very end of the night, there were certain elements who were trying to um, inspire the crowd to get into physical conflict with uh, members of law enforcement. Definitely. Uh, I, and I think generally that's when the governor came out to try to quell that possibility. Uh, certainly there were some elements of the protesters who were just aching for a confrontation oh, yeah. with the cops so they could all turn on their um, cell phones, record yep. everything and hope to get something inflammatory didn't happen but it's a totally different situation than a musical festival or things of that nature fourth of july parades things where you know it's coming and you know you can stop it you can you know you can um, deny the issuance of the appropriate permits um, that are always necessary for parades for concerts for festivals uh, you just deny the permit this was an uncontrollable um, situation. The other aspect is, as you talk about the future of these events as they might unfold later in the summer or maybe into the fall, um, the protesters have conducted an unwitting science experiment. It will be interesting to see in the, in the um, metropolitan areas where these um, protests occurred, whether there's going to be spikes in COVID infections or not, because clearly there was not social distancing. There was very limited wearing of masks. Um, there was no taking of temperatures. There was none of the protocols that this governor and many other governors have put into place around the country. All, all those protocols went out the window. They, they could never have been enforced as a practical matter, but it will be interesting to see two to three weeks after the fact, what will be the, um, the results in terms of new COVID illnesses, if any. Um, oh. And that may well be informative as to what festivals, concerts, parades, et cetera, can start to um, reoccur moving forward. We hope there's no spike. Folks, it's Sean DePietro uh, coming up a lot more with attorney Tim Dodd. We are going to talk about Gordy Ernst in the news, also that Berkeley professor and Mike Flynn. It's all ahead right here. You don't want to miss it. Stay tuned right here with attorney Tim Dodd on the John DePietro. Remember, for your business, Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-21. MEG, Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Remember, free estimates. Call them today, 508-336-2110. Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. FHWA Inspections or Rhode Island State Inspection Station. Trailer Pickup and Delivery. 24-hour mobile service. ABS repairs, brakes, doors. If it's on a trailer, they can fix it. Mega truck and trailer repair. Call them 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for Mega truck and trailer repair. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? 
contact Karen Atchelson, InnoVast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. I received the nicest email from one of our listeners saying, John DiPietro, thank you for telling us about Winfield Termite and Pest Control. I said, hey, thank them. Folks, you can call them today, Winfield Termite and Pest Control, 401-821-7800, online, winfieldpest.com. Rhode Island's most dependable pest control service, Winfield Termite and Pest Control. Remember, family-friendly pest control professionals that you can trust for your home. Call them today, 821 821- 7800. What can Winfield Termite and Pest Control do? Well, remove ants, termites, mice, cockroaches, any pest from your home, yard, business, or commercial property. For a free estimate or to schedule a home inspection, call Winfield Termite and Pest Control today. The team you can depend on. 821 7800. Now, listen, this is going to be a bad tick season, but it won't be. Or mosquitoes. Not if you call Winfield Termite and Pest Control. They can protect you, your family, from ticks, mosquitoes. Now listen, who knows what potential viruses that could be spread, whether it be from a mosquito. This is not the time that you want to get Lyme disease from a tick. You'll be able to enjoy your property, maybe for yourself, for your family, for your grandchildren. Protect your home, your family, and business. And that's what it's about protection i trust winfield termite and pest control to protect you your family your property your home and your business winfield termite and pest control call them today 821-7800 821-7800 winfield termite pest control rhode island's most dependable pest control service a family friendly pest control professionals folks you're going to love these guys you can trust call them today 821-7800 or online at winfieldpest.com. Show. Well, it's John DePietro with me, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, I want to um, just touch on something. I went yesterday, I actually talked to you as I was heading over there, to a big uh, anti-police rally, defund the police. Uh, it was a, It's a movement that it's popping up, but something that has certainly gotten a lot of attention is this whole business about the policeman's bill of rights as a matter of fact i i think someone was even saying if that derek chauvin who was in minneapolis the one responsible or certainly the officer involved with the knee on the neck on the george floyd situation if he was in rhode island that the rhode island bill of rights for for police officers is so strong that he would still be on the streets could you just explain a little bit to people about the Policeman's Bill of Rights, how it affects things in Rhode Island. And as an attorney, when you're dealing with police officers in court, how does that change the dynamic or would things go awry with police, how that Policeman's Bill of Rights comes into play? The police, you're, you're correct, John. The Policeman's Bill of Rights in Rhode Island is really, really strong. Um, it's just a reflection of the strength of um, the firefighters unions around the state, the policemen's unions around the state, to a lesser degree, the teachers unions around the state have a lot of power and they negotiate very good contracts. And to that extent, whether you're 
a union advocate or maybe not so much of a union advocate, you've got to respect um, their skill and abilities and the power that they have politically in getting real strong contracts for their members. I mean, you can't argue with success. If you're a union member, it's awesome. If you're not and you're looking from the outside in, you might wonder how things ever came to be the way they are. The Policeman's Bill of Rights uh, protects in terms of disciplinary hearings that they're done confidentially. Typically, it's things if there's an allegation of a police um, abusing power, assaulting, different things that would happen on the job, um, not following chain of command, um, things that would involve internal affairs investigations for uh, improprieties, which could be things such as an assault like we've seen recently, or more subtle things that uh, you wouldn't necessarily learn about. Um, typically in the Policeman's Bill of Rights hearings, the union picks one arbitrator, uh, the city or town picks an arbitrator, they pick a neutral, and a hearing is conducted in literally complete confidence. You don't know it's happening. Um, the results many times aren't even reported. It's a very secretive process. Now, the Policeman's Bill of Rights wouldn't save a guy like um, uh, the, the, who, the guy who kneeled on um, Mr. Floyd because that was an obvious uh, videoed crime occurring in real time. So the Policeman's Bill of Rights might have resulted in the guy being suspended with pay or possibly suspended without pay. Um, if he was terminated, his union could have, if they chose to do so, grieve that termination. I doubt they did it in this guy's um, case. But it's a track that kind of goes along um, parallel to a criminal investigation. Um, no Bill of Rights hearing could save a guy like um, the one who murdered Mr. Floyd. Uh, Policeman's Bill of Rights hearing wouldn't save him. But what happens is many times um, officers could be out there and you have no idea that they might have had two, three, five, ten prior Bill of Rights hearings for various alleged infractions. My understanding is that uh, the officer involved with Mr. Floyd had been the subject of, I think, 15 or 18 previous disciplinary hearings. Right. He, had, he had been found to not be responsible or essentially acquitted on, I think, all but one of them. Now, the trick is between the Bill of Rights and the union, the public never finds out if you've got a bad guy like this fellow out there um, repeatedly um, accused, at least accused, of violating the rules. Now, prior to murdering Mr. Floyd, he might have said, hey, I could be charged with things all, I, all you want, but the proof is in the results. I'm acquitted of all but one of them. So 17 out of 18 times, it was determined that I didn't do it. So just the fact that I've been alleged to have done something doesn't mean that it's true. Um, but all of his background or any other police background, I think there should be more transparency and the secretiveness of these Bill of Rights hearings has to be mo um, modified. And I think that that's one positive result amongst many that can come out of this tragic situation. There's oh. got to be some movement on that. But John, it's not going to be an easy lift to get that to change because the police unions 
here in Rhode Island and nationally, they're not going to give up these Bill of Rights hearings uh, without a real strong fight because it's not in the nature of these collective bargaining organizations to give up um, rights and benefits that they've um, negotiated over long periods of time. That's going to be a tough one. Not only that, Tim Dodd, and again, folks, good afternoon. It's Sean DePietro with attorney Tim Dodd. Not only that, but to me, it's kind of comical when people like former Vice President Biden or a, a David Cicilline or Mayor Lourdes, or just when, when you have the Democrat politician saying, yeah, we need to revise these police union bill of rights. They are the party that is in the pocket of them. The reason why the teachers, the police, the firefighters have such strong union contracts, whether it be bill of rights or the teachers contract, primarily it's because of the Democrat party, Tim Dodd. Well, I think that's an argument that can certainly be made. Um, I, I, I think that no matter in different states, different parties are in sort of running the show. Some uh, Western states, um, not on the coast, but towards the West Coast, might have a more Republican bias. But I think True. those states, too, are going to have these Bill of Rights situations and um, strength of um, police, fire, teacher unions and the like. The police aren't going to give that up and have the, the things that are right now confidential and um, adjudicated behind closed doors. They're not just going to say, oh, OK, we'll, we'll start uh, giving up our guys, men and women, I should say, and letting the disciplinary results become public. Mm. It's not going to happen easily. Yeah. You're right. All these politicians that are saying the words, they're all saying the words but will they have the intestinal fortitude to step up to the plate and go after the unions to try to modify contractual provisions? Uh, I, I'd, I'd be very curious to see how that plays out in, as a practical matter as opposed to a talking point in the heat of the moment. Tim Dodd, I was, for whatever reason, at that rally yesterday trying to cover it for Facebook Live. And just how would it impact your life as an attorney or our general system? These people, they are serious. Defund the police. They feel policing should be, it should be um, basically volunteering. No weapons. People going around on bicycles, acting in the form of the police. What would that do to our justice system if suddenly that branch of law enforcement moved into more of a a volunteering, almost like a community organizer type of role? It would be unmanageable. It wouldn't work. You can't have a bunch of posses or vigilantes <laughs> running around self-policing neighborhoods. Yeah. Um, who's going to investigate crime scenes? Who's going to um, compile evidence if there's a shooting, if there's a murder, if there's a rape? Um, who's going to preserve evidence who is going to preserve chain of custody of um, important um, physical evidence if there's an investigation? Who's going to charge uh, criminal conduct? Who's going to prosecute the cases and assist the attorney general's department or local prosecutors? Who's going to respond when there's a call at two in the morning that there's a domestic dispute? Um, it's a simply untenable situation. Who, who's, who are you going to call if, you know, you've got someone in, in your house who's having a medical issue, you call cops and fire show up. Um, it, 
it doesn't work, John. It's, it's, you know, a pie in the sky dream to say, we don't need the police anymore. We'll send out people on bicycles. <laughs> um, in, in, in many major municipalities, you know, Los Angeles, Chicago, Detroit, Miami, you name it. Um, there's already enough um, shootings, murders, um, and associated, you know, um, serious felonies. Does anyone reasonably think that the number of shootings and murders and felonies is going to go down with less police presence? <laughs> of course not. <laughs> Who would volunteer for that is what I want to know. Who in their right mind would be a volunteer to go in? Chicago had, I think, 30 murders last weekend. You imagine, like, I'm a volunteer. You're doing that voluntarily going in there? I don't see well, it in and any a, way. And, and again, right now, you've got a police union. Yes. In, in, you think the union's going to say, okay, um, <laughs> put, all our, put up all of our officers, put them on unemployment, fire them all, and we're going to sit by while you have a bunch of volunteers on bicycles patrolling the streets. Those are union jobs. That's right. The union's not going to give up those rights and those privileges and that employment without a fight like you've never seen. Mm. It's not going to happen that way. Folks, coming up, uh, we are going to touch on Gordy Ernst in the news, also that Berkeley professor, more and Mike Flynn, and a lot more. It's all ahead right here with attorney Tim Dodd on the John DePietro Show. When your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Call them today, 401 710 7096, 401-710-7096, Ryan's Appliance Repair. Now, I like to tell the story. I don't mind. But one morning, I went up to uh, get up to use the dryer and just had done a wash, and suddenly it wouldn't work. Now, did I panic? No. Did I try to fix it? Don't be ridiculous. No, I called Ryan's Appliance Repair at 401-710-7096. We made an appointment. Ryan said, Juan, I'll be there at, at 9 o'clock at 5 of 9. A truck appeared in my driveway. It said Ryan's Appliance Repair. He came right in, fixed the driver, uh, dryer, excuse me, within five minutes. And then I think it was about two weeks later, I went to make a microwave popcorn, and then suddenly the microwave wouldn't work. So what did I do? I called Ryan's Appliance Repair at 401-710-7096. And then one time, even the oven wasn't working. And again, who did I call? You get the gist of the story. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401 710 7096, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Now, Ryan offers a senior citizen's discount. All work is guaranteed for 90 days parts and labor, and he'll also do a Saturday appointment. It's Ryan's Appliance Repair. When your appliance is dying, you know who to call. Call Ryan, 401-710-7096. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by MEGA, MEGA Professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. 508-336-7801. Now, 
What exactly do they do, MEGA professionals? They are here to help you run your business by finding you workers. And maybe you need workers. Maybe you need drivers, workers, certified help, part-time, full-time, weekend work, uh, local AKA sleep-at-home drivers, class A, B, non-CDL, warehouse workers, mechanics, skilled workers, labor, healthcare professionals, office professionals. You need workers. You need MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals. You're trying to run your business. Listen, it's a hassle trying to hire people, go through all the resumes, set up the interviews. Instead, it's one phone call to help you with your company. MEGA professionals. 508-336-7801. 508-336-7801 for MEGA professionals. With me is attorney Tim Dot. Tim, let's uh, touch on this Berkeley professor that was fired. That is certainly an interesting case. Yes, we've talked about Title IX cases before, John. And I would reiterate, if you have sons or daughters, your listeners out there, going off to college, they should make sure that they're well-educated in the Title IX rules and regs that exist on every college campus. Um, it creates a very dangerous environment if uh, two individuals are in any sort of dating situation or involved sexually with one another, and if the relationship could go should go sour, whether it's a legitimate um, complaint of sexual abuse, sexual harassment. Um, unwelcome sexual contact, uh, those complaints are referred typically to the Title IX officer at each university or college. Many times, unfortunately, there can be false allegations made. And the whole Title IX program, it's like going into a star chamber. Um, There's no due process rights. There's no right of confrontation. Um, an individual can make an allegation and um, the, the, def- the accused, I should say, not the defendant, but the accused has very limited opportunities to um, question the alleged victim, uh, to, to uh, conduct discovery as to the alleged victim. Uh, and I told you, I had one of these recently, I won't name the, the school that the individual attended, But when we ultimately went to the arbitration hearing to determine if this person was going to get expelled from the university, um, he denied the allegations. It was about sexual contact. He claimed was consensual. Victim claims was not. At the hearing, the accused, um, we'll get to the uh, Berkeley uh, professor, but the accused, John, can go into the arbitration He can bring a lawyer or she can bring a lawyer, but the lawyer can't say anything. You you can't speak for your client. You can't comment. You can't ask questions. You can't uh, do direct testimony. You can't cross-examine anyone. So in the words of Brendan Sullivan, you're basically sitting there as a potted plant. That's the rules of the game. That's how skewed the system is. So if you become someone accused, whether it's true or not, you have none of the rights that a defendant accused of a crime would have in the state court system. It's a completely different world. 
And cynically, one might say, well, that world is set up because colleges and universities would rather keep these incidences swept under the rug. They'll internally prosecute or investigate and come up with an administrative determination versus having these cases referred to uh, state or local police where suddenly parents thinking about sending their kids to school A or B or C might say, holy cow, look at all the, you know, sexual assault um, allegations that have been referred to the cops coming out of this school. Maybe we want our kid to go somewhere else. It's, it's not like the, the Bill of Rights for the police, but it's a way for universities to keep a lot of this alleged um, physical abuse, sexual improprieties, et cetera, out of the public domain. Huh. Um, it's a very, very scary process. So now we get to this professor at, at the Berkeley Music School he claims that a student stays after class, chats him up. Um, they ultimately go out. She was always asking questions after class. They go out one night after work, which I think the professor was foolish to even agree to that. Um, they go out. They have martinis. He alleges that she's asking about his wife and their sex life and asking for his opinion on her physical appearance and all sorts of kind of really creepy, inappropriate stuff as between a professor and a student. Um, there's no indication that it goes further. There's no indication that they're in a dating relationship. There's no indication that anything sexual occurred between them, at least as far as what we know to date. She goes to the Title IX officer and alleges uh, improprieties on his part, um, the school says you violated the teacher code of conduct because you've been dating a student. Um, he gets fired. He gets oh. fired as a result of this Title IX process. Now, it sounds by way of her background that um, she tried to commit suicide a few years ago. She seems to have, at least on paper, you think she may have some uh, issues of mental um, instability. Um, but... The victim in the Title IX case is typically believed, and the system is there entirely to support and sustain and promote the uh, allegations of the, um, the alleged victim. And if you're the alleged person accused of impropriety, you've got a real tiger by the tail because these are hard, hard cases. Based upon what we've read about this case, I think this professor has a very good case in terms of suing the Berkeley School of Music to get his job back. Oh. Um, typically, if there's a Title IX determination, the loser can appeal, and the appeal is typically to the United States District Court. That's the, the normal route that you would go, and a district court judge would review the transcript or recordings of whatever proceedings have been preserved. Um, and John, they're almost always he said, she said cases, right? Because when there's an allegation of rape or you know pushing yourself on someone sexually or other forms of physical abuse, normally there's no witnesses, right? So it's it's easy for a person to say, you know, I've been sexually assaulted. There's no witnesses. You don't have to go to the hospital. You don't have to go through a rape kit. You don't have to report it to the cops. You just go to the Title IX officer and you say. This happened to me, huh. and the system kicks in gear. Wow! So when it's when it's legitimate, it's a great system. When it's a false accusation, it's a horror show. Huh. You know, Tim Dodd, and again, folks, good afternoon. It's Sean DePietro with Attorney Tim Dodd. 
Um, just quickly, um, he, it sounds like things were resolved between uh, James Bennett and the New York Times. But had they not been Tim Dodd, th- that would almost seem like, boy, he could have a job action claim against the New York Times. For those that missed the story, he was, he was running the editorial pages. He decided to publish an op-ed by a sitting senator, Tom Cotton, who was basically saying, you know, with all this social unrest, maybe we should at least look at military intervention. The activist reporters of the New York Times were so upset. He was basically he didn't write it. He just run out of the building and cost him his job. Now, I, I, I guess they're trying to say he decided to resign. But Tim Dodd, had he not, boy, that certainly sounds like that could have been a legal case of him against the New York Times. Yes. I, I mean, if he, quote unquote, resigned, I'm sure it was under under pressure um, to to do so or he was going to get fired. That is that should chill everyone who's aware of the story. And if you're not aware of the story, you should go back and uh, read about it. John, I mean, I always thought growing up that the op-ed page was for <laughs> opinions. Yes. I mean, even in, even in the pro-show, whether yeah. you love it or hate it, typically you'll see, perhaps if the president's done something provocative, you'll see a few letters saying what the president did was fantastic. You'll have letters um, also in there saying what the president did was, you know, dreadful. Um, that's the point to have opinions. Some might agree with you, some might not agree with you. But for reporters to say we're outraged by uh, the decision to uh, print the Tom Cotton piece, which was just an opinion piece, right. it's an op-ed. Um, if if divergent opinions are not allowed, and if divergent opinions create this sort of a backlash that no contrary opinions can be tolerated. You can't even listen to them. You can't even read about them. That is a um, chilling of free speech, which um, people better wake up and take notice or free speech rights are going to disappear very quickly. If the New York Times can do this, and if the New York Times publishers don't have the backbone to say, look, this is op-eds. If they don't have the backbone to stand up for a sitting U.S. senator to have an opinion, which is contrary to the reporter, the reporting class, we're in serious trouble. Tim, are things getting better or worse for Rhode Island, former hockey legend, now former college tennis coach Gordy Ernst, who uh, this has now been dragging on. He got first wrapped up in this last March. We're now into June. Uh, but it, it, are things getting better or worse for him? Way worse, way worse, Sean. So what's happened in the last week is, you know, the dominoes keep falling. And as we've discussed many times with this case and other cases, prosecutors will get the little fish, they'll get more little fish, and they work their way up the food chain until they get to the big fish. So, you know, these um, TV actors, Lori Loughlin and Felicity Huffman, they both pled and they each one of these cases, which results in a guilty plea, uh, the longer you hold out, you find the longer your prison sentence and fines are going to be. So last week, a, um, an executive um, agreed to plead guilty. He's going to get 21 months of home confinement. He's going to pay a $95,000 fine. He, he allegedly paid $300,000 in um, bribe money to Rick Singer 
to get his um, kid into Georgetown as a tennis recruit. Um, And it's acknowledged that the kid didn't play tennis competitively. Now, miraculously, who was the tennis coach at uh, Georgetown at the time? Gordy Ernst. Our own uh, Gordy Ernst. So when, uh, when this individual takes this plea deal and acknowledges what he's done, and you've already got Rick Singer, who's a cooperating witness. He's desperate to minimize the ultimate sentence he gets. And what he catches in terms of time to serve and fines is going to depend on the quality of cooperation that he's provided to the U.S. attorneys who are handling these particular cases. Huh. So one of the larger fish that's still in the game is Gordy Ernst. Yep. He, he hasn't been able to cut a deal. Now, most of these folks, it's just, you know, um, bribing through Rick Singer um, and providing money, which is clearly for that purpose. Gordy still faces charges of bribery, mail fraud, wire fraud, money laundering, and uh, federal programs, bribery and conspiracy. So right now, he is the guy that's going to get banged the hardest. He was also, if you recall, able to buy himself um, a luxury condo. They, I think they account for that he's grabbed about $2.7 million yep. in, in kickback money, which is a completely different strata to whatever Lori Laughlin or Felicity Huffman did or other people like that. I mean, Gordy's going to be looking at years i mean and maybe he's in a position where he can't cut a deal or maybe whatever has been offered him has been um, rejected by him or his legal counsel you know they've been having these discussions but it just haven't resulted in anything plus the country club membership he, well yes <laughs> if, i mean and if he had been one of the first to come in from the cold yeah. and say okay i'm going to sit down and connect the dots for you as to what rick singer did and how he did it he could have mitigated his criminal exposure here, but he's going to, every one of these pleas is a bigger fine and a longer prison sentence. So if you continue to follow this trajectory, he's going to be the last guy left standing and he's going to get banged. And Tim Dodd, finally, what about uh, an update uh, developments with the Mike Flynn case? Well, Mike, (laughs) this is crazy. The, The judge in the Mike Flynn case um, doesn't like Mike Flynn, oh. clearly. Um, doesn't like the president, really clearly. And is very um, frustrated that before sentencing, the U.S. Attorney's Office has said, you know, with all that's coming out about the way that um, the FBI set Mike Flynn up without probable cause and, you know, questioning now, in retrospect, whether the illegal activities of the um, the Comey FBI, which resulted in Flynn being charged in the first place, if it's all if it's all built on such a illegal, improper foundation, then the whole House of Cards should collapse. And that's what the government is saying through the U.S. Attorney's Office. This case should never have been prosecuted. It's unprosecutable. Um, and the way the guilty plea was extracted from Mike Flynn was all improper based upon improper evidence. The judge um, typically would listen to um, the U.S. attorney's case. Most jurisdictions say that the sovereign, which would be the um, 
attorney general's department, the U.S. attorney's office, whether you're at the state or the local level, has the discretion as to prosecuting or not prosecuting or determining that a case should be dismissed. It's typically the province of the prosecutors to make that determination. This judge, the um, sentencing judge, has injected himself into this thing saying, wait, 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 I don't like this. I'm not comfortable with the prosecutor saying we're making a decision to dismiss this case before you can impose sentence. The judge takes the extraordinary step of appointing a retired federal judge who's also a known Trump hater and has um, professional ties to Andrew um, Weitzman, who was one of the lead Mueller prosecutors, who shock of all shocks says what the U.S. Attorney's Office is doing here is improper. And he says this is a gross abuse, what the U.S. Attorney's Office is doing and saying this should be dismissed. He doesn't opine about the gross abuse by the FBI in setting Flynn up in the first instance. This retired judge who was assigned by the trial judge to look at this even says that Flynn, at the time of sentencing, the judge should consider what this um, retired judge considers to be criminal contempt for perjury. Mike Flynn was never charged with perjury in the first instance, but the trial judge has suggested that he thinks that Flynn should have been charged with perjury. This retired judge says, yeah, I think there was perjury. John, there's no charge pending for perjury. So how would they look at a non-charged alleged crime and utilize that non-charged alleged crime unproven at the time of sentencing? I, I know that Flynn's team has appealed the appointment of this judge to the appellate court. Um, whatever happens here, there's going to be an appeal, and I'm pretty confident that an appellate court reviewing this whole fiasco would say that the trial judge uh, abused his discretion and was way out of bounds and not accepting the government's decision not to prosecute and was way, way out of bounds in appointing a retired federal judge to give this a second look. It's unheard of. It's, it's, it's completely unheard of to behave in the way this judge has behaved. Folks, he is our legal expert, Rhode Island top attorney, Tim Dodd. Tim, great job. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you. Folks, remember, for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, yankeetreeservice.com. What can they do? They do it all. Tree trimming. Experts based right in Lincoln. Tree removal since 2006. And also 24-7 emergency service available. Call Yankee Tree Service today. 439-6028. 439-6028. Whether it's tree removal, stump grinding, tree pruning, emergency service, bucket trucket service, and bobcat service. Since 2006, they've been performing tree removal service. On top of that, nothing stumps. Yankee Tree Service, they provide stump grinding. Enjoy your landscape without the eyesore. As far as pruning, well, let them get up there. Oftentimes, a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down. At Yankee Tree Service, their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best, the treatment plan for your tree. And maybe it's an emergency service. Did something come down? Call them today, 439-6028, 439-6028. If they have to, they get right up there in the bucket. Yankee Tree Service, since 2006, 
tree trimming experts. Give them a call, 439-6028, or online at yankeetreeservice.com. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Mega Logistics. They're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA, MEGA Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokerage for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401 401- 431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. It's John DePietro. Listen, folks, this is a unique situation, but instead of wasting the time by just watching television or old episodes of old movies, instead, clean up your home, clean up your attic, clean up your basement and your garage. Call Brothers Disposal today, 401-688-0517. Call them for a free estimate. They will deliver a dumpster right to your home. Do some spring cleaning. Use this time to finally clean that out that old junk from your basement, from your attic, from your garage. Do some spring cleaning. Use this unique time. Call Brothers Disposal today, 401-688-0517. They'll come to your home. They will drop off a dumpster. You load it up. Tell them whenever it is. Maybe it stays for a week. Maybe it stays for a weekend. Maybe it stays for one day. Call Brothers Disposal today. Free estimate, 401 401- 6880517 stop watching netflix do something productive finally clean up your home clean out that garage or the attic or the basement call brothers disposal today 401-688-0517 free estimate 401-688-0517 it's brothers disposal and let's get a dumpster in the driveway we look like Tom Hanks in Castaway, Tom Brady left for Tampa Bay, teacher said. 
This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Lawn Doctor. Call today, your best lawn ever guaranteed, 401-392-1025, 401-392-1025, or online, they have a great website, lawndoctor.com. What do they do? Well, outdoor pest control, annual program, lawn care service. They make great lawns happen. Lawn Doctor at Island, your lawn care company. Love your lawn. Best lawn guaranteed. Call them today, 401-392-1025. Free uh, consultation and estimate, 401-392-1025. Lawn doctor. And now is the time because you can get the early spring, the crabgrass control, time-release fertilizer, professional blend of high-calcium line. Lawn doctor. Go online. Check them out. It's lawndoctor.com or call them today, 401 401- 392-1025. Lawn Doctor. When your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Call them today. 401-710-7096. 401-710-7096. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Now, I like to tell the story. I don't mind. But one morning, I went up to uh, get up to use the dryer and just had done a wash, and suddenly it wouldn't work. Now, did I panic? No. Did I try to fix it? Don't be ridiculous. No, I called Ryan's Appliance Repair at 401-710-7096. We made an appointment. Ryan said, Juan, I'll be there at at 9 o'clock at 5 of 9. A truck appeared in my driveway. It said Ryan's Appliance Repair. He came right in, fixed the driver, uh, dryer, excuse me, within five minutes. And then I think it was about two weeks later, I went to make a microwave popcorn, and then suddenly the microwave wouldn't work. So what did I do? I called Ryan's Appliance Repair at 401-710-7096, and then one time, even the oven wasn't working. And again, who did I call? You get the gist of the story. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Now, Ryan offers a senior citizen's discount. All work is guaranteed for 90 days parts and labor, and... He'll also do a Saturday appointment. It's Ryan's Appliance Repair. When your appliance is dying, you know who to call. Call Ryan, 401-710-7096. This portion of the program brought to you by Bethel Certified Softwash. Let's make sure your house and property looks the best it can look. Right now, spring is the time. You can text Jared, free same-day text estimate, 401 617-2585. They have a great Facebook page, Bethel Certified Soft Wash. Let's get rid of that algae mildew that's outside in your home, the side of your home, on your pavement, on your patio. Maybe it's on the basketball court. Bethel Certified Soft Wash. They have a great Facebook page. Jared, the before and after pictures are just incredible. What your home could look like or your garage, your property with Bethel 
certified soft wash power wash now jared he came to our house folks it looks brand new get rid of you know it just happens you build up some of that algae and mildew and maybe sometimes you just have some dirt and grime bethel certified soft wash power wash especially now we're spending more time outside you want your house and property to look the best it can jared did a fantastic job my neighbors are saying my goodness juan look how beautiful your house look it looks so clean my kids said daddy it's like the house got a bath they said it did get a bath from bethel certified soft wash text jared free same day text estimate 401-617-2585 find them on facebook it's bethel certified soft wash it's going to make your property your home your deck your walkway any outdoor surface he can get rid of it as far as the algae mildew gets rid of it with a very safe solution it's bethel certified soft wash